Friends, welcome back to Little Bit Weebish. This is the podcast where I, Megan Cardenas, chat with my friends about the anime I love episode by episode. And of course, we are doing Jujutsu Kaisen with none other than Sam Kemp. Yay! Hey, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it so much. I love that you're here, Sam. And oh, Jujutsu Kaisen, I'm so glad we're doing this together. It's just so good. It's so good. I literally cannot wait for the next season. I feel like... This is just going to be the best. So, everyone. It definitely is. I, like, I'm just, this is one of my favorites, like, yeah, all-time favorites. It's so good. And I will say that when this first came out, I avoided it like the plague because I was like, too much hype. I'm just going to take yeah. time. I'm going to wait for it to die down. And then when I watched it, I was like, freaking age. This is so good. I literally yeah. am obsessed with it. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. This is going to be one of my all-time favorite animes, for sure, hands down. Um, now, everyone, just so you all know, today we're covering episodes four through six. Uh, so please be sure to have watched it beforehand or just be ready for spoilers. Either way, we're glad that you're here. So yes. you know, you're going to be leading us with those even episodes. So let's just go ahead and start with four. Okay. Um, episode four The title is Cursed Womb Must Die. Excuse me. Um, (laughs) Our quick summary is Megumi, Nobara, and Yuji are sent to a juvenile delinquent center to identify five victims, making sure that they aren't possessed and need to be exercised, and to confirm that there is a special grade curse in the facility. They They are only to engage smaller curses, but run if they see the special grade, which I feel like is so funny. It's like, you're in, you're out. This is your objective. If you run into that special grade, get out because you're not going to be able to handle it. Oh my gosh. This is wow. like first years at Hogwarts running into Fluffy and being like, WTF, yeah. what is this? Yeah. It's yeah. it's giving me I mean, scared first year vibes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Megumi even makes the... Um, makes the comment of shouldn't a special grade be handling or not a special grade yeah a special grade sorcerer like gojo yeah. shouldn't he be handling this and they're like well he's on a mission and you guys uh, are here yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um yuji decides that he is determined to save anyone inside but megami says he has no intention of doing that when his main priority will always be his own life yuji doesn't understand this and asks why megami was willing to save him then. No answer at the time is given. Um, as they get inside, they realize that they are in an incomplete innate domain and that they need to be careful. Nobara is sucked through the floor by a demon while Megumi and Yuji are stuck to face a special grade that pops up right next to them with its creepy little face and is oh. just like acting like a clown. <laughs> Freaks me out. <laughs> Nightmare fuel. Um, exactly. Yuji tries to fight it, but in the process, his hand is taken off. Um, Yuji calls on Sukuna to save them, but he denies Yuji unless he wants Sukuna to take everyone out with him. Yuji tells Megumi to run and get Nobara to, and to sing, signal once he is out of the building so he can unleash Sukuna. Megumi is able to find Nobara and escapes. Yuji, Yuji is currently regretting eating the finger or the two fingers um, that has been given to him. He thought he was strong enough to control Sukuna when he thought he was strong enough to control when and where he died, but he realizes that he's actually weak. At least in his, in his eyes, he feels like he is weak. Yep. Referring to what we talked about in the first podcast episode of this. Very interesting. Exactly. Um, just Yuji's version of a proper death, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just as he realizes that this, he... <laughs> I'm struggling. You can tell it's the end of the day. <laughs> just as he realizes this 
as he is fighting, he gets the signal from Megami that they have escaped the building. He then transforms. Sukuna does not want to do what Yuji wants, and so he thinks he will team up with a special grade and take out Megami. That's like his desire, and I've always Ugh. been like, why does he want to kill Megami so bad? Like, Gojo was the one that provoked him even more in the first episode. Like, I don't understand why he's hell-bent on Megami. Hmm. But whatever. Um, as Sukuna is trying to talk with the special grade about teaming up and taking out Megami, the special grade doesn't comply. Um, so Sukuna's just like, okay, well, I'm going to kill you. Um, in the process, he accidentally heals Yuji's body, specifically like his fingers and his other hand, and then also finds another one of his fingers for Yuji to eat. So that's cool. <laughs> He's like, oh, shoot, I healed his body. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> Megami sends Nobara with, and I keep wanting to call him the accountant, but he's not the accountant. The guy with glasses and dark hair. Um, yeah. I'm, Ichi I'm so bad with names, but yeah. Uh, he's he's the sweet guy. One? He's like the the like the field assessor like he's out there yeah. assessing but he can't do the stuff yeah i know that I... eventually we'll get the name eventually yeah we'll get there we'll get there i know that they say it in the next episode but but you know anyway, what um... i know that they say it too did i write it down no i didn't <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of characters yeah um but Megami sends the field agent uh, away with Nobara to the hospital and waits for Yuji himself. He has determined that since he was the one who wanted to save Yuji, that he would kill him if needed, since Sukuna might not allow Yuji to transform back into himself. Uh-oh. Yeah, I think that like that's very responsible of Megami. Just like, oh, well, I can't like leave this unknown by himself do you yep. know what I mean Ugh, good guy <sighs> I know I like him I like <laughs> him <laughs> um, okay so to continue on with the rest of the episode um, the themes today or the theme for uh, episode 4 is limitations um, in previous episodes we are made aware that Gojo is trying to suss out the limitations of his students. Um, he tests Yuji, he tests Megami. Megami's test was going to the school to, to find that first and original finger. The yep. next one was Yuji. Um, blanking on what his test was at the moment. The Sukuna fingers and just being able to handle it. Yes, there we go. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And then with Nobara, <laughs> it was just the abandoned building. Mm -hmm. um, just seeing, like, what kind of fuels her. Um, it is important to know what drives each individual and how far they are willing to go for their causes or for the sake of humanity. Um, we see a few examples of limitations throughout this episode to flesh out character development in a few of our main characters. So I kind of wanted to, to point some of those things out. Um, first of all, since Yuji isn't knowledgeable in the rating systems of spirits, we find out what level of power is needed to kill a spirit. So we go through um, grade four power level. You could kill them easily with a bat. Grade three, you could easily kill with a shotgun. Grade two, you might be able to finish it off with a shotgun. Um, grade one, a tank might be sufficient to take it out. These are the might. words that were up on the screen. Like I <laughs> verbatim wrote it down. And then special grade power, a carpet bombing of cluster bombs could make it an even playing field. And maybe you could take it out. Let's send in That's the first cool. years. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so we're all already seeing like what the limitations of certain curses are. And then also by that grading system, it's showing to you that our, our first year sorcerer students are just not at the level that they need to be to to hurt the special grade um so that just gives you a little bit of an idea mm. um yuji as he's being debriefed 
states that he will save anyone inside. He asks that of each of his comrades as well. So we see Yuji who's like, yep, I'm saving everybody. Nobara's like, yeah, you ask this of me, I'll do that. Yeah. And then Megumi, all he does is kind of like pull a face. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't deny it. He doesn't say yes, but he just kind of pulls a face. Um, so like we see here that like Yuji doesn't really have any limitations on what he's willing to do. Nobara, she's like, well, it's kind of like, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. Those mm-hmm. are kind of like her limitations. She'll do it as long as somebody else is there kind of with her. And then Megami, we still don't have definition as to what his limitations are, but you see that there's something that is kind of stopping him from complying. Yes. Um, so just, there's also that. Um, in entering the facility, they're immediately entering an innate domain. So a limitation of Yuji and Nobara, we see that they're freaking out because they see like these twists and turns of pipes in the ceiling and they're like, what is going on? And so you see that they haven't seen something like this before or even have any reference as to what this is. Um, But with Megami, he states, this is another moment where he's like really good at teaching and just trying to share the knowledge. Um, But Megami states that they're in an innate domain, which is to trap them and put them at a disadvantage. He also states that it looks incomplete and not fully closed off. So trying to imply that it wasn't completely well done and that there's something wrong with it. Um, So we see the limitations of the innate domain not being done very well, but also the limitations of their understanding, which also shows just how well prepared that they are for this mission, which is not super great, right? Um, Then going through the episode, they see they get into a really big room in the facility and they find three of the victims. Two are like torn up and in a ball, just like warped together. And then one is Tadashi, who is um, the only prison mate that we know of just because his mother was crying his name outside of the facility. But he's there and all you see is his torn up torso. Um, You don't see any of his lower body at all. And he is clearly dead along with the other two. So limitations. Yuji states that he is going to carry him out to have to allow Tadashi to have a proper death and to let his mother know that he, at least there is a body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Yuji doesn't have any limitations. Then there's Megami who fights him, like literally just kind of pushes him down a little bit and says, um, and says that he is never willing to put his life on the line for others in a situation like this. He is there to do his objective and to save his own life. He also said specifically that Tadashi, the guy, the half torso guy, is not worth it because he he looked him up, saw why he was in there, and he was in there because he ran over a little girl. Keep yep. that information in your back pocket for someday, maybe, because I think <laughs> this people have drawn some conclusions towards that, by the way. Um, But in this moment, we see a limitation as to their friendship, Megami and Yuji's, and then also like their understanding of each other. Because Megami is like, these are my limitations. I'm not going to, like, my life is first. Then your guys' life, and then other people. I'm not going to sacrifice my life for people who don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Yuji can't reconcile this because Megami took the time to save him so where does megami truly draw the line he's saying one thing but his actions are showing something completely different he's tried to save yuji twice he saved him in the school from the curses and then he's also tried to save yuji in terms of trying to get his death sentence taken away Mm -hmm. Um, so he can't he just he just doesn't understand um, and Megami seems to be changing up and not really talking about what his true limitations are. Next part of the episode, we have the special grade that pops out. And Yuji realizes that they are all going to die trying to fight it. So he wants to use Sukuna. Um, he's trying to kind of, in this moment, move past his physical limitations. And he's trying to use Sukuna, who he's never really utilized before. 
And so Sukuna says, like, okay, if you use me, like, I'm going to kill Megumi. And then we also have kind of more of this explicit, like, I will rape Nobara because she's so strong spirited. Like, I want to take her and do that. Um, So Sukuna is showing that he has no limitations in what he will do. Yuji feels like this is a lose-lose situation because he feels like he can't win the fight with a special grade without Sukuna, but he also says that he won't let Sukuna do that. So we see kind of a conundrum of him being boxed in as to what he can do. So what Yuji decides to do is to send Megumi to try to find Nobara and get out so that he can use Sukuna safely. He thinks that if they are both out of the building that he will be able to still get what he wants still get what he wants which is kill the the special grade but also not have megami die or nobara raped yeah um then we see that megami complies saving someone else even though he stated that he would not do that before so he's still willing to put his life on the line to find nobara even though he could just run out by himself Again, we kind of see blurred lines as to what his limitations are because he's saying one thing and doing another. And then we also see that Yuji is willing to sacrifice himself to Sukuna to save others, which is another non-limitation for him. Mm. Um, Once Megumi and Nibara get out, Yuji transforms. Yuji can't stop Sukuna from doing what he wants while he's in this, while he's in the forefront. So we see that um, Sukuna is just taking taking a mile from an inch that uh, Yuji has given him uh, but Sukuna wants to team up with a special grade and kill Megumi he still says that he's still unlimited in his powers and abilities and Yuji really can't stop him at this point um, he ends up accidentally healing Yuji's body so there's no limitations on that power and then the special grade doesn't comply so Sukuna kills him so in reality, we have one person who just shows unlimited power, which is Sukuna. And I think that this is where we see further confirmation as to how powerful that he is. But then we see that Yuji, Nobara, and Megumi really are just beginners. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen them in action where they've pulled really, really cool stunts. Um, but in actuality, they are still so young and and inexperienced so right well and on top of that we do like you mentioned we do see the physical limitations the versus Mm -hmm. the physical unlimitations at least as far as we know of Sukuna but we also see Mm -hmm. the mental and the emotional and just the core values that are either Mm. limited or are being challenged like with Megumi where we're just like where his limitations are being challenged um but then there's also Sukuna where just as he is unlimited in his physical abilities he's also very unlimited in terms of his desires for chaos you know his desire to hurt in the worst way he's very unlimited which makes him incredibly dangerous on a lot of levels Definitely. No, I, I'm glad that you pointed that out, that there's just, there's a little bit more than just the physical limitations of our characters that are going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I appreciate that. Um, let's move on to the bonus. What, um, Megan, is there anything that you wanted to add that kind of didn't necessarily fit in with the theme or outside of the theme? Well, I will say that this does, you did touch on this with the theme, but it does feel like this is the first time where we really see Yuji have regret and regret of eating the finger. Um, Yeah, definitely. You know, when he was fighting that curse, he kept saying like, if only, if only. And we get that tie in to the proper improper death. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, he and he had this belief that he was strong enough to to choose when and how he died as if there was a choice to begin with. Um, So he sees that this premature death because of the actions that he chose was a result of his weakness. And. Oh, my gosh, I I'm 
curious how this will change over time. I feel like it's going to tear up my heartstrings because we know that this is going to be challenged, this ideology, in a really big way. Um, But yeah, we see it again echoed with Itadori, just this improper, proper way of death, and he's actually regretting it his actions now for the first time so thought it was interesting definitely no i i really really like that and yeah it's kind of the i don't know you're seeing such a strong character physically weak in another in another sense it's weak in his convictions Mm -hmm. because at the first sign of like where he's actually mortally in trouble he's questioning absolutely everything so i love that you brought that up um, for me, I really like that we find out that Nobara isn't all knowledgeable as she pretends to be. Like she mm-hmm. very much puts up a front of being a know-it-all. Oh yeah. Um, even though she's ex <laughs> Yeah. Um, even though she's exercised before, she is surprised at the innate domain and doesn't know what it is. Um, we also see the extent of Megumi's knowledge in this situation, which either means that he has seen it before or he has studied enough to recognize it either way he's we're showing a step down for nobara and we're seeing kind of a step up in knowledge for megumi Mm -hmm. and i liked that we are seeing kind of faults in nobara right because we obviously know where itadori is so yeah um but it's yeah it's interesting just comparing the knowledge the experience the the skill set between the other two students so yeah i agree Yeah. Well, I think that we are done with this episode. Do you want to move on to episode five? Let's do it. Okay, everyone. So this is episode five. Curse Womb Must Die 2. Very creative with the titles. It just... (laughs) <laughs> it just sounds like a horror movie like saw two <laughs> yeah curse will like we couldn't be die. that creative <laughs> yeah oh my gosh and also like without context how terrifying is curse womb like no context Ooh. that would be i yeah ew 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 okay yeah. moving on <laughs> <laughs> i am not a horror movie gal no. Now, for the quick summary, though, quick being relative to me. So, Sukuna tells Yuji to make the switch, but nothing happens. Looks like Sukuna is now in command of his vessel and he smiles. Now, outside, Fushiguro is waiting for his friend and he senses that the innate domain is gone, which means that the special grade is dead. But then, Sukuna appears. Yuji won't be coming back. And while chatting, Sukuna smashes his hand straight through Yuji's chest and rips his heart out and tosses it aside. He's taking the brat hostage. Sukuna could live without this beating heart, but Yuji couldn't. And for good measure, Sukuna ate the third finger that he had required from the special grade. Now, Fushiguro, he braces himself to fight. He knows that uh, Itadori will make the switch, even if it means he'll die. But Sukuna disagrees. Yuji was so fearful of dying that he didn't even think that he'd have the guts to essentially kill himself. Now, Fushiguro, he calls on his Shikigami to fight. And with every swing, it's like Sukuna swerves and laughs. And then on top of that, he just tosses Fushiguro like all over. Sukuna's power is way too big, far too great. Now, there is this girl from another memory. She said, if I had time to curse someone, I'd spend it thinking about people I love. But Fushiguro remembered that she deserved far more than what she got in the end, because this girl still was cursed. Good people deserved more, which is why he needed to save people unequally, which is kind of, we're seeing where he draws that line, that limitation. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why he couldn't help but save Yuji in the first place. Somehow his words had an effect because Yuji emerged back in his body, but with no heart, he collapsed. 
and said, I hope you live a long life. Now, in another city, a man with three creature curses was at the sidewalk. This volcano head creature curse asked the man, what could have been so important to use a precious finger on of Sukuna's? You know, was it to see how strong this curse was? Which makes you think that they were the ones responsible for it. Now, mm-hmm. the man did say it was a half-baked test, but they did learn a few things. And the group sat at a cafe table that was set for one, because curses can't be seen after all. Now, at the morgue, Gojo, he determines that this was an intentional act um, to send the first years when a special grade was present. He was the reason that Yuji was... No, he was the reason that Yuji's execution was suspended, but now he's dead. And he thought that pinning the blame on the higher-ups, who he suspected were responsible, would be too difficult. So maybe he should just go off and kill them instead. The morgue doctor... What would you call her? I didn't even write her name. The morgue doctor? Mortician. Mortician, thank you. The mortician. Wow. Words are hard. Uh, asked if she could cut into the vessel. Now, Fushiguro and Nobara, they're at the school and they're talking about Yuji's final words and they were having a hard time despite their brave faces. Now, a second year named Maki Zenin unknowingly gave Fushiguro a hard time. Were they having a wake with all those glum faces? She was mortified when her parents, Inumaki and Panda, told them that actually, yeah, their friend did die. So she's mortified. Um, there was also, though, another second year student named Okotsu, uh, the only second year that Fushiguro respected, but he was overseas. And despite having a hard time, the second years did bring up that their school was going to have an exchange event where Fushiguro and Nobara were going to have to participate and fight other Jujutsu sorcerers. They were game because they had to get stronger. Now, Back at the cafe, the volcano man said that his boss wanted to reverse the current situation of humans and curses. Humans were practically lies, but negative emotions were truths that contained no falsehoods. That would make that the curses, that would make curses true beings, which is why they wanted to know how to defeat Jutsu sorcerers. And the man said that they had to have two conditions. One, concerning the strongest sorcerer, Satoru Gojo would have to be incapable of fighting. And second, Sukuna and Yuji Itadori had to be on their side. But didn't he die? Now, within the depths of Yuji's body, Sukuna commanded, Don't poke around inside me without my permission, punk ass. (laughs) maybe i'll have to actually yeah maybe i'll have to actually put like explicit on the podcast and people who know me are gonna be like uh what what are you saying on these things (laughs) oh but yeah too good too good such a good ending but um i wanted to bring up for this theme um something that megumi brought up twice and that was that the only thing granted equally is equally to all is an unfair reality now i will say i don't personally agree with this statement or belief that he has because i believe um well his belief that unfairness is equal to everyone um But this is something that he believes to his core, which is why Mm -hmm. it has shaped him as the kind of jujitsu sorcerer that he is. Um, You know, so with things, uh, with an unfair reality being equal to all, Megami, we learn a little bit about him that even from the time he was born, he was given his name that was meant for girls, that was... You know, according to Google, it means blessing or grace, not something that he would want, regardless of his gender. And on top of that, his father seems to have abandoned them, uh, his family. 
So that is just an unfair reality that he has had since birth. Um, And because of that, he believes that, you know, karma isn't fully automatic, that evil people are only judged under law, but nothing higher than that. And that he wants the good people to enjoy fairness, um, which is why he saves people unequally. This is why he had no intention of saving those juvie inmates, because he knew they had done bad things. And in his mind, they, them meeting their end horrifically would make the scale more fair in his eyes. Um. And unfairness being the reality, there was a sweet girl, um, Sumiki, Sumiki, yeah, Sumiki, oh my gosh, I need to stop even pretending like I I know, but the girl (laughs) who came up in the flashback, she was cursed despite being a lovely person, how unfair Mm -hmm. in his eyes, Yuji, he has to be the vessel of Sukuna, and look what it got him. He's kind of pretty much dead right now. Um, how yeah. how unfair is that when he was a normal high school student not too long ago? And then Megumi and Nobara, they can't quite mourn the loss of their friend or even like go through their feelings on what it's like to have someone close to their age pass away. You know, they they have to quickly adapt and keep going and that's the unfair reality of being a jujutsu sorcerer that is very rare you know so i i did want to at least bring attention to this core value that megami has that um even if we don't agree with it like i don't necessarily agree with it I think it's worth noting that this is something that has shaped him and how he views the world. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, part of it is that he wants to make up the difference for people um, that are good people that have had hardships. If we look at it in that sense, I think that that's definitely, um, definitely a part of it where he's like, you know what? They deserve better. Yes. And I'm going to put forth more effort for them than those who are not as good as them. Right. And I and I do understand that. Like I understand the the ideology of that in terms yeah. of like, well, why would I want to do this for you when all you've done is poo-poo on everything mm-hmm. and like skipped corners? I get that. Uh, but it is it is unfortunate that like it's sad to see somebody so young feel so jaded in that way, right? And to feel that his actions are enough to tip the scale, either mm-hmm. that there could be a a more fair way for people to die or to be saved. And yeah, it is sad that someone so young would be that jaded. So we did get a hint on his father. It'll be interesting Mm -hmm. to see about the rest of his family. But yeah, that was my theme. And I think let's move on to some bonus stuff. So Sam, what were some things that you just want to talk about that we didn't before? Oh, I absolutely loved seeing Sukuna assess Megami. Yeah. Loved it. Mm-hmm. It was very eye-opening. Um, I feel like we learned a lot about Megami through other people's views instead of like direct uh, dialogue from him. Mm-hmm. And I really, really like that. Um, since he is so quiet, we, yeah, we just really don't see the extent of his power. Um, and I just thought that that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I guess another thing that I thought that was cool to see um, was just a sneak peek into the politics of Jujutsu Sorcerers and that Gojo isn't necessarily super popular because of his convictions or his power level. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there. 
Yeah. I think that's very interesting. Sometimes people are just people clash with power that is given and power that is assumed. And it's just like people clash with that kind mm-hmm. of ability. Um, I will say, okay, I want to know, Sam, who did you think would have been the student to die from these past two episodes? Cause in the, we ended the last podcast episode when they were like, and one of the students dies, you know, and obviously we now yeah. know who it is in this one. Who did you think was going to die um, when you first um, watched so this? Yeah, when I when I first watched it, I mean, like, there's a couple different things. We're getting set up with the trope for the girl being not as powerful mm-hmm. um, a little bit in this episode. And so I was like, oh, great. Like, all this progress <laughs> that I felt I know. where she is, like, strong <laughs> – and she gets pulled through the fo- floor in like the first couple minutes of the episode and somebody has to go rescue her number one and she's knocked out for the rest of it. Yeah. She's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally thought that it was going to be Nobora and I, cause here's the thing. Attack on Titan and other anime should have prepared me for just the main character they can still die at any time. But for some yes. reason, I was assuming that it was going to be Narbora because she was sucked through the floor and she was all by herself. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah, I just when it was Itadori who ended up dying, I was like, WTF? Oh, my gosh. What is going to happen now? Yeah. Again, Attack on Titan should have prepared me. For this sort of trope. Um, also, I guess if people are finding the podcast now and haven't watched Attack on Titan, I'm so sorry for that spoiler I dropped just now. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not going to take it out. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. But, but anyway, I think that that's a wrap now. So, Sam, let's move on to episode six. Welcome back, everybody. We are now moving on to episode six, and the title is After Rain. And here is my quick summary. Um, After Yuji has his heart ripped out, he wakes up in Sukuna's innate domain. The way he describes it is it's kind of like being trapped in a cursed user's mind. Or at least that's how Sukuna describes it to Yuji, because Yuji's like, what's an innate domain? Yet again, <laughs> showing us that Yuji knows nothing in terms of cursed users, cursed energy. Yeah. Um, Sukuna tries to make a deal with Yuji and says that he will allow Yuji to live again if he will allow them to swap places whenever he chants the word extension. And has possession of the body for one whole minute. Yuji doesn't want to comply and just wants to beat up Sukuna. Like this whole entire time he's like, fight me, fight me over and over and over again. Oh my uh, gosh. Suk- yeah. Um, Sukuna offers that if in a fight that he wins, he gets to pop up whenever he wants. And if Yuji wins, he can just go back to living without any conditions. Yuji accepts and then is immediately killed in the dom- innate domain fight. Like. He says yes, and Sukuna unfairly because he gives no warning. But this is this is Sukuna. This is he just yeah. Him. <laughs> like in yeah. an instant, like barely said the word sure. You know, let's do yeah. it. Barely got through it, and he lost. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, not too long after that, Yuji wakes up from the from the morgue table, only to find Gojo there, ready to have his body inspected. Gojo has been sitting in there explaining that he wants what he wants in the Jujutsu clan of sorcerers is to wipe out the corrupt higher ups. He says that he could kill them, but he would rather help find younger sorcerers who dream the same way he does with a better society for sorcerers and to have a revolution that will eventually take over. That is why he has become a teacher. It's not an innate thing for him where he has always wanted to be a teacher. He has his motivations. 
With Yuji back to life, he feels invigorated that the corrupt leaders have lost the battle again to try to take out Yuji, who could someday be powerful just like him. Yuji's resurrection is kept secret while he is training to get better at using cursed energy and to get back to full force. Meanwhile, Megami and Nobara have been asked by the second years to join the exchange event competition with their sister school since the third years have been suspended. (laughs) (laughs) We know nothing about the third years, nothing of what they look like pretty much or their names, but we know that they were bad enough to get suspended. Honestly, it makes me want to know like what could be so bad that you would get suspended at a (laughs) jujutsu school like what could be that bad oh because they do a lot of like intense crazy things yeah so i'm like man what would have tipped the scale into suspension i don't know it'll be interesting when we if we ever do meet them (laughs) yeah i hope so i really really hope so because i just love this group of kids like i love them i love each character and like their individual individualness but mm-hmm. um megami and nobara start training with the second years to hopefully improve their closer combat skills specifically since they are bo- both more long-ranged fighters both of them kind of have like um nobara is hitting her nails to launch further away instead of using like her hammer to smash things and megami calls his um shikigami yeah his yeah his shikigami um to fight on behalf of him and kind of standing back so that's more of a long range type of character um with megami trying to use some cursed weapons him and zenin or maki zenin are trying to figure out what else might help him to be better at close range and they really aren't coming up with much else based off of his skill set and the powers that he has um megami starts to think about what sukuna had said about him about running away and that it being a waste of his skills as he sits down to think about it more he puts his hand in the ground and his hand sinks through it and he comes up with an idea ah so good um and so in true form with lots of different animes there is like a training montage and a power up. And so what better <laughs> theme to have this time than power up? Yeah. Uh, throughout this episode, we see a lot of our characters reeling from feeling insufficient. Like they feel kind of beaten down regardless of if it's because of their own shortcomings or if it's because of Yuji's death, they just feel at a loss. Um, when it comes to their abilities, lots of people are powering up or rethinking their strategy. And so I kind of wanted to go through each person or each group and kind of telling everybody how they power up throughout this episode. First up, we have the second years. With the lack of the third years participating in the exchange event, they decide to ask Megumi and Nobara to join in. This is to help them, number one, strengthen their numbers because they feel like they're very, very down in numbers um, in comparison. Um, And then to better their chances at winning. Like, they know that they're good at what they do, but they just need people of different strengths and and stuff like that to be able to kind of fill in the gaps in where they lack. Um, They come up with a strategy and then take it upon themselves to train the first years in the combat methods that they haven't learned yet. And I think that this is, like, pretty cool to me because with a society or with like how competitive the sorcerers are with one another it's very interesting to me to see um the second years taking it upon themselves to like educate the first years and what they don't know when they could be like well we'll just take them and then like they'll do their best effort they're like no we need the first years to come and bring a second year or third year kind of game if that makes yeah. sense yeah mm-hmm so they're powering up their group, but also powering up separately at the same time. <laughs> um, next up, we have Nobara. And with her being taken by surprise and incapacitated pretty quickly at the delinquent center, Nobara wants to learn as much as she can to get better. Um, she's working with Panda and Toge specifically to be better at hand-to-hand combat. Um, so you see like Panda constantly throwing her around to show her how to properly fall, apparently. 
which <laughs> I know learning how to properly fall, at least in karate, is like a thing because I did that as a kid. But I'm like, <gasps> did anybody pick me up and throw me around? No. <laughs> you used to do karate? Yeah, until I was like 13 and a half. I had abs. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> nice. Wait, did you have to quit karate when you moved to Nova? Yes. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. That was me with dance. Oh, I was yeah. so sad. Yeah. We'll yeah. have to go through memory lane because, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was a dancing gal. So that's very different. But um, But when we moved to VA, though, speaking of just falling, I had to learn how to fall and roll in volleyball and yeah got me some many a bruises all over trying to learn (laughs) yeah no i get you like we did the exact same thing in basketball we learned how to quote unquote fake fall or in terms of the nba flopping (laughs) like that's so terrible (laughs) oh my god like you're teaching high school girls how to flop essentially gosh ugh. So many things that were wrong with that. I know. I kind of miss playing basketball with you, just a side note. But, you know, not that I could play. But it is what it is. All right. We got sidetracked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next person that I really wanted to talk about was Megami. As we know so far, he is probably my favorite in the series. Uh, The more that I talk about him, the more that I realize that I like him. Um, but he's working with Maki Zenin to learn how to, to work with cursed weapons. Um, since she is the best and he like makes sure to, to point that out. Like he's like, Maki is the best with cursed weapons. Nobody can top her. Yeah. Um, He wants to learn her techniques in a way that can help him adapt his own abilities. Um, there are a couple other ways that he's kind of powering up and I wanted to briefly just kind of call out on those, but. Um, he's also calling back to a lot of his conversation with Sukuna during this training period and how he isn't using his full potential. Like Sukuna very much points that out. He's like, you are wasting your talents. Um, and for some reason, Megami's like, I, he's trying to figure out what Sukuna meant by that. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like he's kind of at a loss for words. It, ke- it keeps bugging him. Um, and so he's trying to figure out like, how can he, use his full potential more because gojo has kind of um poked at that a little bit because of like the ranking that megami has versus yuji even though yuji has um a lot less knowledge than megami has he still is higher ranking as a sorcerer than him yeah and that's true because of power um so there's been a couple times that they've pointed out that megami isn't performing at his best um next um his encounter with sukuna and with the other special grade made him analyze the fact that he did run meaning he didn't stay to help yuji and the fact that he froze at the sight of the special grade um he kind of goes over that in his mind when he's fighting sukuna of like how am i going to fight sukuna if i couldn't even stand in front of the other special grade and not freeze He's like, I, him, both him and Yuji just froze for a minute as they looked at the special grade. And uh, I feel like Megami's trying to work through that, too, of how can I approach a battle without freezing? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something else that he wants to work on. Um, he's also inquiring others about who they deem worthy after saving. Um, uh, sorry. He's also inquiring others about who they deem worthy of saving after his conversation with Yuji. And you brought this up in the last episode of um, Megami's ideologies that um, he's going to save people unequally. He's going to save the ones who deserve it and not save the ones um, that don't deserve it in his eyes. And so he's kind of asking Zenin a couple of times, like, in different words, like, who do you who do you feel like is worth saving when you're on your missions? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's finding that his motivation for being a sorcerer has not been clear or maybe good enough to help him stay involved in a fight and fight to his best potential. Which I think um, shows. Seem- oh, sorry. Um, 
I think it shows a lot of humility on his part because like you were saying Mm -hmm. with limitations, you know, there is this, he's recognized that he, he needs to challenge himself, um, his own ideologies. And so I think it shows a lot of humility on his end, um, Mm -hmm. You know, so that way he can be stronger mentally, not just physically, but mentally have a stronger resolve to make him a better jujitsu sorcerer. So I think we see that yeah. a lot. No, here. and I I agree. And I think that like what he's really trying to do is you can tell that Megumi is a really good student. Yeah. Um, just by the way that he processes information like even with having the second years teach him he could be like well like i don't need you guys to teach me but he's willing to be teachable Mm -hmm. and i think that he's taking in every aspect of being a sorcerer seriously like even with sukuna he finds value in his words um and so i think yeah i think that he's he's realizing that what he has what he has felt before and like kind of going back to that original conversation with uh, Principal Yaga and him saying like, you kind of need to have more of a intrinsic uh, motivator. Yeah. An intrinsic motivator. And what's motivating him currently is other people's actions, not Mm -hmm. his own. He's basing it off of somebody who has been good or somebody who has been bad, not something of his own self um and i think that that's really cool so he's trying to power up physically mentally emotionally what drives him mm-hmm. yeah just cool love that um next person that i kind of wanted to talk about powering up is yuji uh because he's separate from everybody else he's not able to train in the same way but gojo is pretty much putting him through the same exercises um, after he was not able to get back into his true, back into his own form and expel Sukuna from the forefront of the body, um, he is working his best to be able to control him. He also fights hard to learn how to use and call upon his cursed energy. Um, he has always been motivated to be better, though, so that isn't much of a surprise to me when he's number one excited to learn from Gojo. He's like, mm-hmm. "You're the best," and Gojo's like, "Oh, why do you think that?" And he's like, "You told me." <laughs> <laughs> um and then number two um making himself indispensable as a cursed energy user since he can't use cursed techniques Mm -hmm. um he's like well if i can't use cursed techniques which is something that you're just born with um, i'm going to try to work my hardest to utilize my cursed energy in a way that my body can and it's through physical force Mm -hmm. um so his is since we yeah, I, I made him a little bit smaller than everybody else. The next couple people I feel like are just a little bit reading into it a little bit more. So you can tell me if you think that like this is similar or not. But I sa- decided to put Sukuna <laughs> in with this power mm. up. Um, I think that he powers up because he realizes that he can't do much without Yuji's body to cooperate. Um. Now that he has seen Megumi's potential and he seems very interested by it because we have like a part of the show that flashes back to his conversation with Megumi and how he Mm -hmm. like flares with energy. Um, He wants to see what happens with Megumi and his power. Um, He has something that's motivating him to work with Yuji and to create a pact. You know, for those of view who are hunter x hunter watchers this kind of gives me hisuka gone kilo vibes oh good point yeah Very um point. not in a bedroom moany kind of way but just in an obsessive <laughs> kind of way um, yeah i feel like sukuna is kind of pointing out that megumi's power is like that great uh-huh. And it could destroy him or it could tip the scales and be really great for him. Yep. Or he might not ever reach his potential, but he wants to see mm-hmm. it either way. Mm-hmm. Very good point. Ugh. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I just, I kind of loved that insight of like, Megumi, like the fact that Sukuna is taking notice of Megumi makes me feel like I just can't wait to see what I know. he unfurls because we don't know much. Maybe, maybe later this season or in season two. I don't know. We'll find Ooh. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next person that I wanted to talk about was Gato or Ghetto, Gato, Gato. There we go. Yeah. Um, I know he doesn't have much involvement in the show so far, but we do know that he was the one watching over the encounter with a special grade and possibly causing it. Probably causing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. After seeing how Yuji slash Sukuna handled the situation with a special grade, he realized that he needed to be better and have a better strategy to take Yuji to his side and take out Gojo. Mm-hmm. Um, he decides to team up with a few different cursed spirits who are high, very high level and sentient. Um, he comes up with an idea on how to trap not kill, but trap Gojo since he is so powerful by using the prison domain. So he's coming up with his own plan, trying to make himself stronger because Yuji's able to control Sukuna. Sukuna has pretty crazy abilities, which they already knew, but they needed to see like how he handled that one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then last of all, we have Gojo. Gojo starts to rethink a strategy of how to take over the corrupt higher-up since Yuji was dead. But since he is alive again, that kind of gets put on the back burner. Instead, he decides to focus on getting Yuji strong again and realizes that Yuji, with his partnership with Sukuna, is probably best used if he has some type of training. Like, even though Sukuna has a lot of power, there's still a lot of variability with how his power works within Yuji, how much Yuji can control Sukuna, a lot of different caveats. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to keep Yuji focused on training and has asked Shoko, who is the mortician. There we go. There's Oh, there we go. Um, to keep Yuji on the death list until they can get to the exchange festival. Mm. So, yeah. He's got a plan. He's got a, <laughs> I don't know why I'm so sing-songy. He's got a plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, but since I talk so much, let's move on to bonus. And it looks like you have something to share. Yes. Um, well, actually, I forgot to mention, write down one of them. But uh, the first one I wrote was when... Um, I just thought it was hysterical when Yuji is being told about the cursed energy abilities and like how most (laughs) of them are, you know, something you're born with. And he just transforms into a flat white blob. Like he's just so disappointed. He's like, are you kidding me? Not even like a Rasengan. Like he's just so disappointed, which I just love that he made like multiple references to different anime, including Naruto. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also I thought it was hysterical that when uh, uh, Megami gets mentioned, um, he just like, he's at the field and he's just like, just like makes his face and it's like what's up and he's just like i don't know but i just got irritated all of a sudden not with you but i'm just irritated <laughs> <laughs> i'm like that is hysterical so yeah just ah oh, so funny i mean overall really great episode i really and i really did like your theme of powering up because i think we're gonna get a lot of action soon oh (laughs) but also how terrifying would it be if you were at a cafe and then all of a sudden everyone was spontaneously combusting in front of you oh yeah that well okay so now that you mentioned that i kind of wanted to do a side note off of that because okay you know how the waiter was like i just feel like if i go over to that table i'm gonna i'm gonna die yeah is it kind of like being force sensitive in star wars where like you can't use the force but you know that it's there but he's just curse sensitive i don't know maybe because he can't see anybody yeah just another nerd dumb explanation i guess you know all i'm saying is that if someone has a bit of a breakdown and says i can't go over there because there's some bad juju i will absolutely believe them and say same not going in that cursed corner Mm-mm. bad juju stay away uh yeah, yeah but who would that be so scary that'd 
That'd be so scary. So anyway. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's move on to favorite characters. Megan, why don't you go ahead and go first? Okay. Yay. Um, Let me see what I actually wrote. (laughs) Because... I every I want everyone to know that sometimes we don't want to spoil each other, so we'll just like black out our notes, and so sometimes we forget to unblack them. Um, but yeah, so for my favorite character, at least for right for these episodes that I covered, is Sukuna because oh oh. Yeah. Wait, okay, yeah. this is exactly why we black out. Yes. <laughs> this is exactly why we black okay. out stuff. Okay, so everyone, Sam and I both unblacked our things and we both picked Sukuna. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you why I really like Sukuna in these past three episodes. I love a good villain. I love the way he's interacting with everyone and the way he's negotiating. I also think he is just a badass and full of really good quips. Like, and with all of this fighting going on, it's so fun to watch. And I don't want to just reserve my favorite characters or favorite moments to the good guys. I just love a good villain. And I think he was great. So yeah. What about you? What did you like about Sukuna? Um, just in the past couple episodes, I feel like, um, there's been, like, he's been a really good person to kind of explain what the other characters are about, um, yeah, with his insights. Um, and so I think that he's been a really good source of narration throughout this, mm. um, things that can be explained through him instead of having conversations or having that character explicitly say them. Um, and so for that, I just think he's been a very useful character. Mm. Um, and I love when I love when animes do this. And I feel like um, Attack on Titan did this a lot, like where somebody's captured and they're like, you captured me for this reason, right? Or they give an exposition on like past history that they knew. And they're sharing it with the other people. And in turn, they're sharing the history with you kind of a thing. Yeah. And you're simultaneously learning about the world, about other characters because of this person's, this character's useful explanation. Yeah. He Mm -hmm. definitely provided more depth to the world of Jujutsu Kaisen and Jujutsu Sorcerers and all of that. So, yeah. Ah. I love that we had the same one. Yes. Me too. Yeah. You and I, we, we're we not exclusive. If you're a good villain, we're going to pick you. If you're a good exactly. good guy, then we're going to pick you. Um, but to be fair, like, I, there, I just, I love and appreciate just well-written characters. Like, I know this is kind of a side tangent, but my husband and I, we are watching house right now i know it's not an anime but right now there's particular the female character in particular is driving me nuts and i feel like she's just a very tropey have you ever watched house no okay well i i just yeah it's good so far but the female character is so tropey where instead of like Mm -hmm. being a badass doctor and owning that she's more involved in like a will a relationship happen you're broken and so i'm interested and i'm like barf give me a barf bag i can't (laughs) i can't do that with characters especially female characters um so for jujutsu kaisen to have such strong really developed and well thought out characters see i'm tying it back to anime you guys um i just love it and i find it so refreshing so yeah there we go tied it back (laughs) it's great no it really is i feel like um jujutsu kaisen like it's popular for a reason but i feel like it has depth and that's and that's what I really like about it. There's a time and a place for fluffy anime and manga. Yes. There definitely is. There is for sure. Um, but it's it's really nice to see anime and manga that can be deep, and it shows you that like anime and manga aren't necessarily like for kids because they are cartoonish and have pictures, right? 
Like, Mm -hmm. there's stuff to be gleaned from shows like this. Ah, yes. Perfectly said. I love how you said that. And Mm. let's end on that note, that high note. Um, So, yeah, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. We, of course, are always happy that you come here weekly to listen to Little Bit Weebish and especially for Jujutsu Kaisen coverage. Now, if you'd like to support Mm -hmm. the podcast, the best way to do that is to share this with a friend or two or three. Make them rewatch Jujutsu Kaisen with you to get ready for that second season or to give us a review um bonus if it's written because this just helps everyone know that this is a great podcast and it helps spread the word um now next week we will be covering the next three episodes seven through nine be sure to watch those ahead of time to join us again and of course, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Let's, uh, you can send us an email at littlebitweebish at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram or TikTok. Thank you so much. And we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.